HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on Meet and 3, we look at the ways indoor and outdoor spaces are being reconceptualized during the pandemic to better suit new modes of living, working, and eating. It's brought a vibrancy and an energy back to the city streets that were so dearly missed during the height of the pandemic. This is about how we can grow indoors all year round uh, using proprietary technology that we've developed. How do I have someone understand, look, don't take a next to the June berries because you can eat those. That's free food. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Jupiter's Almanac. I'm Matthew Rayford the great-great-great-grandson of Jupiter Gilliard, a former slave who bought the land I now farm in Georgia nearly 150 years ago. Through the years, my ancestors have passed on some essential and hard-earned wisdom about growing and producing the food we eat. It's my great honor to share that inheritance with you and to invite other farmers from Georgia and around the country to share their tips with you. So if you are just starting out, reconnecting with the land or seasoned farmer, join the conversation. This episode is one of two episodes that are focusing on couples who farm together. Last week, we talked to Warren and Keisha Cameron, who talked about their unlikely journey from New York to Georgia and how they got into farming in the first place. In this episode, we're going to hear from Monica Ponce and Russell Hondard, and we're going to hear all the different things from what it's like to farm on a island that's accessible only by boat to what it's like to actually um, just kind of cultivate life together. And this episode is a, a completely different thing. And the reason being is because this couple was on an island that's accessible only by boat. So everything they had to do was really, really super, super dialed in. I love this couple. They were just, they are just like my amazing couple like go to if you want to talk about being quarantined they would be able to tell you because they've lived on an island that they only got off of on their day off um so let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with russell and monica okay so we're gonna start this off by you two introducing your 
cells by both giving your full name and where you all are located and what you do. Uh, my name is Russell Hondard. Um, currently, I'm farming with my uh, future farm partners um, at Love is Love Farm. Um, and yeah, and I'm Monica, um, Monica Ponce, and yeah, working at Love is Love as well with Russell. Um, we are hoping to build a worker cooperative with the farmers out at Love is Love. Yeah, so we're um, we're currently, Monica and I both are both from the Atlanta area and our families are still here. Um, and so our, our dream has been and what we're currently engaged in is, is having a farm in the Atlanta area. So we're looking within an hour of Atlanta to serve um, a CSA, uh, potentially restaurants, if, when, however they return. Um, and we're working through a, a nonprofit um, that we're hoping can pair us with some land. And then um, their, their goal is to set up a structure where we can actually afford it <laughs> and purchase it within five years of starting to farm on it. Uh, so it's been, it's been a little bit of a, or it's still a journey. We're still in, in the process of doing it, but um, we're optimistic and hopeful and it's pretty, well, it's pretty exciting for us. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to jump right into the interview and I'm sure you two may have two different versions. You might have the exact same version, um, but I'd like to hear from both of you on how you two met and how you two started farming together we like to we like to tell folks a little bit of a fib <laughs> and that is that we, we like to tell folks that we met on farmersonly.com i love um, it oh god i love that <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the truth is we met on okay cupid um <laughs> I don't okay. Know if the is okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I got online for the first time ever to meet someone. What I'd like to say outside of my bubble, aka right. okay. maybe date someone who's not a farmer. And I found the only other farmer on OkCupid. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our 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 first our first date. Um, it was kind of a, I was really lucky that it actually happened. I almost blew it before we even met each other. Um, I thought we had, we had chatted for a little while and I thought we had solidified a, a time for our first date. <laughs> and then when I was getting ready for it, I went back to look at the time we had said and realized that I hadn't actually um, responded, to res <laughs> responded with the time. I just thought I had. Um, but we were both finishing up our work day and uh, Monica was incredibly gracious and forgiving um, or, or just didn't care that much and just kind of had a whatever attitude at the time. <laughs> and we ended up, uh, we, we ended up uh, making it to uh, a comedy night at a bar our, our first, for our first date. And um, I also kind of blew that because I had looked at, um, I thought I had looked up when it started, but I had looked up when the doors had opened. So when I got there, it was me and the bartenders setting up the bar 
and the sound crew setting up the sound wow. and no one else and no one else okay, okay and about five minutes later monica walked in and it was pretty apparent right off the obviously yeah clearly, um, clearly. It gave well us. so so then it, it ended up being a kind of a it working out uh because we okay good we we spent that we spent that time talking um and talking a lot about farming. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I remember we talked about our strawberry harvests and all the diseases in our strawberries mm-hmm. <laughs> that year. Um Yeah, and then fast forward Wow, that's an interesting conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and then fast forward I guess a few years. Um we had been farming separately as, you know, we were dating and getting to know each other on different places, different farms. And I would say maybe like two or three years into our relationship, we decided to pursue um, farming together on Cumberland Island um, at the Grayfield Inn. So, so it was oh kind my of goodness. Like, well, you know, it was a good test. Yeah, yeah. And such a beautiful backdrop. You know, like if anything yeah. goes wrong, you can walk to the beach, right? If nothing else, yeah. right? It was <laughs> like it was like romantic slash farmer vacation because the beach is there, but it still works, slash like maybe honeymoon esque, but also like our first time farming together in a okay. completely undeveloped island with none of our mm-hmm. friends, limited internet. So like also kind of like like we worked together, we lived together, and we were our only outlets. <laughs> you know. So you, you, so you all had time to focus on each other for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think just to go go along with what Monica was saying, I think Cumberland Island presented a lot of great opportunities for us to practice farming together, um, and also offered a level of security. In, in that uh, kind of learning experience that we wouldn't have had if we had just tried to start our own farm together. Um, so like, you know, we, our jobs weren't dependent on our ability to get produce to market every Saturday. And we weren't running a, a, a deficit for three years before we saw a profit like most new businesses would. Um, but we kind of, approached it as a way as a time to learn how we work together um and figure out if uh farming together was what we actually uh wanted to do with our lives together or if it was going to be something that uh you know we would share our lives together and our farming careers might not be on the same farm (laughs) Mm -hmm. or one of us might continue that farming career uh in our home and another person might end up taking a, a different job someplace else. So it was a it was kind of a, a low risk way to to trial that. Yeah, and I'm really glad we had like a foundation in our relationship before we just like jumped into it. I do remember early on, like, you know, the first month or two of dating, how we would daydream about starting a farm together and it's kinda like, hold on, let's like pump the brakes and get to know each other first and then talk about that. You know? And yeah, and it would come up in and out throughout the relationship, but then finally, like, I don't remember if it was two or three years into 
us being together. We were already engaged when we decided to um, take this job. So, so yeah, yeah. it was a good. I, I I was appreciative of our like already having a foundation and like already committing to each other before trying to like figure out working together. You know. Right, right, right. So once you all started doing this, did you all fit? Were you all able to figure out like? what your most happiest chore was to do together and what was the chore that you mostly like, you know what, I really need to be by myself when I do this. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's so, well, yeah, that's, that's a... I feel like the space was small enough um, that like, we often did like one person tasks alone. So, and that kind of like worked really well, you know, since we're together 24 seven, like having, like I would always be the one harvesting in the field and dropping my bin off at, at the wash pack. And Russell would always be at the wash pack, washing everything I was bringing in. So we had kind of like this system, this groove of like, nice. as he's like sanitizing and, you know, washing the wash station, getting it, you know, prepped for, you know, the vegetables coming in, I was already in the field picking, you know? So Got it. Yeah. together but independent. So, and and going along with that, I would we also I mean Monica and I both have very similar experiences both in depth and breadth when it comes to farming. And um one of the things that we decided to do pretty early on was kind of divide up areas of responsibility mm -hmm. um and you know that was that was in part just for an ease of of working um you know even <laughs> every farmer has their own way of doing things even if they're working together <laughs> and their mm -hmm. own ideas about the best way to do things and i think what we found worked best was just to um trust each other in our decision making <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, kind of and and let each other have those areas of responsibility and just defer defer to the other one in those in those moments um and so i think a lot like monica was saying a lot of our time we did work together but there was usually one person who pretty clearly was responsible for one aspect of of, of that task or that greater project um and so in that sense, I think kind of maybe our like the best or the most we work together, the most important time is like when we're actually sitting down and planning for the season. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of <laughs> that process when we're actually putting together our crop plan and deciding what to grow and what not to grow or what to increase mm -hmm. or decrease um, was some of the most, I think some of the most stressful times just in terms of that was when we were both working on this project and when we were both expressing our opinions and kind of had to talk, talk through things as to why we thought we should take one action versus another. Mm -hmm. um, and also one of the more, you know, one of the really satisfying things too, when we finish um, to have that, have, you know, this next six months laid out in a document that we've both put together and that we can both refer to, um, is really helpful for making the day-to-day -day things go smoothly, um, both in terms of just like an efficiency management space, but also in terms of um, 
not having to rely on both of our flawed memories, <laughs> but being able to refer to a document that um, Definitely. we both agreed on and is kind of bigger or the manifestation of, of both of our opinions. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Well, I mean, I think, you know, what's really, I mean, what I just gathered on everything we talked about was you all really created your own map for relationship building, like focusing on each other. Um, every farmer has their own way, but then knowing that you're going to have a time period that you have to plan for the next season and guide, you know, and, and creating a guide for your life. I, I really um, grasp onto that while you all were talking. Um, and I think one of the questions I definitely want to ask Monica for sure is if your farm life had together had a story that, that it, was going to tell by it by itself. What do you think would be one of the most important lessons that you'd wanted to tell, Monica? Um. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that question. I think um, the biggest. Um, I don't know if I could say lesson, but like the biggest takeaway for me is having this resource to share. Um, Wow. Like growing, growing food and being able to like share it with your coworkers, being able to share it with your peers, with your friends, with your family, like always coming home and having a cooler full of like vegetables, just because that's what we can contribute to the family right now. Right. I mean, for me, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just another head of lettuce because that's what we eat every day. But, you right, know, right. for like family and friends, it's like, oh, my gosh, and this is organic and this is and you did this and this is local. Like it just it it it's very rewarding. Um, and I feel like, yeah, Russell and I, that's just what we do. Like we were always mm -hmm. just like either cooking for people or like bringing extras, um, over wherever we were going. And, um, also like extra transplants too. Like when we'd go visit a farmer or like mm -hmm. if we just had way too much, you know, in our crop plan, we would always, um, try to put like a 30% buffer and then okay. at the end of the, you know, after we planted what we needed, it's like, oh my gosh, now we have all these plant babies and it's so hard to throw them away or just compost them. So like, you know, having that as a resource to share, whether if it's just a backyard gardener or a friend or another fellow farmer. Um, and yeah, just feeling like, especially right now during COVID times and in this weird transition that Russell and I are in, like, I'm feeling the reciprocity now. Um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our farmer friends in Atlanta and like okay. the gifts that they are able to give us even though like we're not um like in a you know actually like actively farming on our own land right now um just due to circumstances like yeah. still being able to like I don't know find like get that reciprocity back <laughs> or not back but Feeling the love, you know? I mean, a lot of what I'm hearing in your conversation is community building. Absolutely. Yeah. Community building through food and, you know, all the love and labor that you put into what you do and then giving that, sharing that, and then receiving that. It's, it's, it's been huge for me. Awesome. Well, I will tell you this, um, a quick little snippet. Um, so you all gave... Billy Mitchell, some strawberry starts. And at some point, those strawberry starts ended up at our farm, I believe. Yeah. And 
we ran off of those exact same starts. We're going into year three now. Wow. Oh, wow. Off of those. Right. So we're now, yeah, because every time, you know, it just keeps, the runners just keep coming. Yeah. And so we we literally have a small place on our farm right now. This will be our last year in that particular spot, but we have gotten strawberries in that spot. And actually my, the eighth generation on our farm, actually, and he was only two at the time, actually helped us plant all of those strawberries with Billy. So it was just the strawberry starts with Billy. So I do want to tell you, I appreciate the community building that you helped build um, here at our farm. And it's just been like super over the top. And um, I always like to tell people that story whenever they come out. Y'all got strawberries? I was like, let me tell you about those strawberries. Oh, that's (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) Thanks for telling me that. Yeah. Yeah, it's no like, problem. That's the lesson, right? Like if you give and share yeah. and like work hard and you know, do your thing, stay true to your values and like help other people, like it's just like that mutual support, you know. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors and we'll be back with more of my conversation with Monica and Russell in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome back to Jupiter's Almanac. Here's the rest of my conversation with Monica Ponce, and Russell Hondard about their journey building and running a farm as a couple. So, Russell, you ready for your big question? Yeah. No problem. So I know that you do some community. uh, You're an activist. um, You do a lot of things in 2020 and C-19 and this new normal that seems to be what we're calling it right now. I would like to know what advice you'd be open to giving, you know, couples, partners, families, anybody that's thinking about putting their hands in the soil, like what lesson would you like them to, to think about and, or to push forward with? Well, for me, when I think about farming as or growing food as a political act, it's um, at the heart of it, what you're doing is taking the basis of any community, any life, any family, which is that food, that nourishment, and you're 
taking back control of it um, and creating, even if it's just a garden in your backyard, that gives you some amount of autonomy and some ability to make your own decisions about how you want to live or how you want to support um, yourself and your neighbors. Uh, and that's, you know, that's one of the fundamental reasons why I started farming. Um, so I think uh, on that level, it's a very, it can be a very radical and empowering act. Um, but also a really simple way to start getting involved and again, reaching out to your neighbors and building those connections uh, to people who um, you can help out and may in turn uh, help you out. Um, so if you're just getting started and you, and you want to, um, have a garden, you want to grow food, you want to be able to share it with your family and your community, um, I would say the first step would be to, um, find someone who's already been doing it, uh, find, or, or read a, read a book on it. Um, but a mentor will really help you out a lot, um, because so much of farming is, determined by your local and unique conditions, whether that be soil or climactic. Um, and the folks who have been doing it for years have probably experienced every failure that you are your first year trying. <laughs> so they'll be able to um, maybe give you some good pointers. Um, and also, uh, they'll also be able to give you some really, yeah, good pointers, good advice. Um, and reassurance too. They'll be able to <laughs> tell you about all of their failures as well, um, and how they've how they've gotten to a place where they can confidently grow food. Um, so yeah, I think that's. I mean, that'd be my my biggest advice would be find find someone who's done it in your area. Um, go to a farmer's market, become friends with a farmer, uh, support support your local food system, or or. Go find your neighbor, you know, the person in your neighborhood who has that crazy front yard um, that's filled with a vegetable garden uh, and, and talk to them. Awesome. So, you know, a lot of community building. I hear that a lot of uh, care for each other when you first met and finding out that Monica is actually gracious and forgiving <laughs> at a comedy night is just an amazing thing to like hear. Um, the fact that you all met on Cupid is even more like super way over the top. Like, I don't think anybody would have ever thought about that. Like, I'm I'm looking for the opposite thing, but I found the thing that I thought I should be opposite. But which is awesome. Like, I, I mean, I love y'all, too, by the way, in, in case you can't hear it in my voice. But um, lastly, my very last question, and both of you, you know, just blurt it out, whatever you want to say. Um, you know, you talked about, you know, relationship building, you've talked about community building. Um, and in these crazy times that we're in, how do you all provide self-care for each other um, and figure out how to put that in place? Because, you know, farming is not like wake up and go to work at nine and get off at five or, a, you know, three to 11 shift or anything like that. Like it's ongoing. So, you know, each of you, you know, give me a quick little down and dirty on how you two, uh, you know, provide self-care for, for yourselves or each other. I, I get, I think I have two responses. Um, first off is like at the end of the day, sometimes we both just come home and like land in a different room. You know what I mean? Like 
it's kind of yeah. but like we both just want to decompress and maybe alone mm -hmm. and maybe one stays in the living room and one goes to the bedroom or vice versa and like i said we it's not like hey i need my me time it's more just like whew, and we just right. have some quiet time alone and then mm -hmm. also i feel like we do try to schedule and prioritize like fun time, you know, like making time for those hikes or those adventures or like celebrating an occasion or just like going on a date, whatever that looks like right now. Um, mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't happen every week, but you know, every now and then, you know, when you feel like it's like, okay, we're due for one, you know, right, right, about right. It, we make a plan and we make a priority, you know, to like mm -hmm. have that downtime together. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. I, I I agree with everything Monica just said. Um, you better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I I think too. You know, um, we often oftentimes are stressed out about the same things, feeling the same types of pressures. Whether that's because we're sharing the same workspace or have similar values and and world perspectives, and right now. There's a lot of, well, you know, working, farming in general can be pretty stressful. Um, I'll just stick to farming right now. Um, and uh, we can, uh, I, I think one thing we've, we've learned or I've learned um, is that uh, as wonderful as Monica is, um, there are times that we just can't, uh, we can't help the other person deal with what they're going through because we're going through it too. <laughs> and the importance of having, uh, and, and just the importance of having other people in our lives that we can also turn to for help or um, for advice or for just, you know, to kind of get out and get away um, is also important. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's, that's another thing that uh, that we've definitely, or I, I definitely learned on Cumberland in a very isolated spot, but it's also really helpful now um, during COVID when it's hard to get out and it's hard to be social. Mm -hmm. um, but but that too, I mean, I think generally speaking, um, that's when things are at a really frustrating and low point. <laughs> I think on the day to day, we we also do a lot of just kind of small small acts for each other, whether that's um, taking turns cooking for each other, uh, or you know sometimes we'll trade massages, which is really nice after a physical day at the farm. Um, you know, so you know. It, space knowing when to give someone space but also knowing uh when when someone can use a little uh pick me up or a hug or you know a little a little bit of support in another way um really helps things move 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 uh move through smoothly and i don't know it's just really it's really comforting to um be with someone who uh we can kind of we can navigate things together when we need to and are also comfortable uh, taking a step back and just being, being away from each other for a little bit too. Mm -hmm.
Well, awesome. Well, Monica and Russell, I so appreciate you all taking your time to chat it up with me on Jupiter's Almanac and talk a little bit about relationships and times and chores and uh, the Cupid Shuffle and all that other kind of good stuff. Um, I look forward to us connecting here pretty soon. Um, My next trip up to Atlanta, I will make sure I give you all a call and, and we connect. And when you get um, I think, didn't you say just like in a week, you're about to celebrate, um, your, your honeymoon, right? Yeah. <laughs> honeymoon slash well, anniversary. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, I wish you all the best. Enjoy Asheville. And I look forward to talking to you all again soon. Thank Th- you. Thank yeah. you so much, Matthew. This has been wonderful. Yeah. I can't wait to catch up. Uh, you all are wonderful. Talk to you soon. So, Monica and Russell, wow, that was an amazing conversation, and I am so stoked um, to visit you all's Forever Farm, which I'm hoping you all start pretty soon. Um, It's just such a different perspective and how to dial into each other, and I really do appreciate you all's time today. So, my big takeaways um, from both of these interviews is that, one, you have to take time for each other. Um, Two, you have to also pay attention to some of the small things that happen in life. And for me, I was also able just to dive into like my own personal reflection of me time. And so I think that we have to kind of like think about all the things that are happening in the world right now and think about taking a little bit of me time as we are also being productive at the same time. You know, taking the time to steward anything, whether it be the land, animals, um, your relationship. You know, oftentimes farmers, because they're 24-7, you know, wake up at the crack of dawn, don't finish until uh, until it's done, um, which is oftentimes way after it gets dark. The reflection of being able to also know that we need to take care of ourselves, whether it be something as simple as that cup of coffee, Um, is uh, an amazing thing for us all to gather around and say, hey, we want to take better care of each other. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Jupiter's Almanac wherever you get your podcasts. Also, special thanks to Monica Ponce and Russell Hondard. Our executive producer is Kat Johnson. Jupiter's Almanac is also produced by Dylan Hoyer. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song was composed by the Joy Drops. Jupiter's Almanac is powered by Simplecast. Jupiter's Almanac is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio. And we want to hear from you. Send us any questions in writing or as a voice memo that we can help answer on the air at Jupiter's Almanac at heritageradionetwork.org.